Ryan Little. <laughs> Hey everyone and welcome into another episode of the Blue Blood Podcast. I am the Fort Wayne of college basketball of podcasting, Jeremy Chisholm joined as always by my co-host Kyle Lance. Kyle, your Cowboys are 10-1 and and being led by two rookies. How do you feel about that? Uh, hey, Washington and Kirk Cousins, how do you like me now? In, in all <laughs> seriousness though, Dak and Zeke is the coolest duo of young stars since, well, Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, so I think that's fun. See, I like to I like to think that Dak and Zeke are the coolest duo of young stars since us. But uh, <laughs> we've got a great show for you guys this week. We're talking about the blowout wins over Duquesne and Cleveland State. We're talking about the big upcoming game against Arizona State and the Bahamas, and we're talking about another Kentucky rival following. Cue up the DJ Khaled, another one voice. Another one. Uh, uh, reviewing the two blowout wins since our last episode. Uh, starting with Duquesne, Kentucky won this one 93-59. to They played great defensive basketball, per usual. That type of basketball that Tom Izzo said was one of Cal's best defensive teams that he's had. Um, the standouts were De'Aaron Fox, who had 16 points and 6 assists, and Bam Adebayo, who had 8 rebounds. Uh, those two played great. It was a good team performance, as we've continued to see from them. But again, I have to be negative. I have to continue harping on this. You already know what I'm going to say. Uh, this team shot a terrible percentage from deep. The Cats shot under 27% from three-point range. Uh, they were 7 for 26 in the game. This came from a guy who's normally on the back end of the bench in Michael Mulder, who I honestly think has a great shot at getting some real playing time this year due to the fact that this team struggles so much with the three. He, he adds kind of a boost from deep. Uh, two of the other threes came from Malik Monk, which you'd kind of expect from him. Uh, you really expect him to have more, but at least he had a couple. Uh, in the Duquesne game, the Cats showed their bigness, biggest weakness big time. Um, they, they were really just dreadful from deep. So what I'm taking away from this one is the same thing I've taken away from every game before it. They're athletic. They're deep. They might be young, but they've got a ton of talent. They can score inside with their athletic ability, and um, but they can't score from the three-point line. Uh, they can score from everywhere else. Um, Kyle, what was your observation and your takeaways from this Duquesne game? Well, poor shooting aside, it, I, I think it was a really good performance from the team, especially defensively. They continue to excel defensively as a great team. And the three-point shot may come in time, but for just one second. And actually, before we get into what I'm about to say, also, Mulder getting more playing time. Who were the first couple people – now, I'm sure Cal thought of this, you know, seven years ago because it's Coach Cal, but, like – we were the first we – I feel like we were kind of the ones on the first on the Mulder bandwagon and get him more playing time, and it's playing out right before our very eyes, and I'm loving to see it. But, but can, we, can we talk about Isaiah Briscoe in that game for a second? Let's just look at his stat line from that game here. 13 points, four steals, five assists. That is efficient, and he really continues to just separate himself as the leader. He really has already garnered that attention from the national media and just Big Blue Nation as a whole that he mm -hmm. is the – bonafide leader of this basketball team he continues to get it done and surprises with his, his his offense has improved so much as opposed to last year he's just still doing the dirty I mean four steals and five assists I mean he's obviously just a he's just becoming a very good all-around basketball player and it wasn't just him in that game obviously the, the guard combo we talked about earlier just moments ago 
De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk also continue to excel. Uh, Monk having 14 in that uh, 14, and Monk having excuse me, Fox having 16 in the game, along with six assists. Basically, he's going to average more than five assists a game probably until SEC play, and probably still at that point too. Uh, what did you think of not only the play of Isaiah Briscoe, but both obviously Fox and Monk in that game? I think Briscoe is continuing to show himself as the leader of the team. As you said, he's getting so much better scoring, not even necessarily shooting because he's still not shooting that well from deep, but scoring. And I think not only is that going to help the team, but it's going to help him and his draft stock after this year. But, um, and you see his leadership, uh, being shown even when he's not on the court we're going to get to the Cleveland State game in a minute but when he wasn't out there for that game he was still coaching from the sideline and helping Cal out which was huge um and on to Monk and Fox this has to be the most athletic duo of guards in the country they're incredibly talented and you just don't see anything like them. We'll get to uh, their huge highlight reel play here in a moment that may exemplify this Kentucky season and these two together. But they play so well together. Monk shoots very well. Fox is so athletic and can you know spread the spread the floor to his spot up shooters. So a great one two punch. One of the best in the country for sure. And we're going to continue to see that. Um, like I said, moving to the Cleveland. State game. I'm much more enthusiastic to talk about this one because for one half, for that first half, and for a brief moment of their season thus far, we got just a small glimpse of Kentucky being a good three-point team. <clears throat> they were in fuego from deep in the first half. Malik Monk was hitting. Michael Mulder was hitting. Wyndon Gabriel hit one. Derek Willis hit one. And that first half, the team was on fire for from deep. And and half they ended up shooting just 37.5 percent from deep for the game but in that first half they looked good and the best part was that Malik Monk was taking threes from University Boulevard and he was hitting them um it was the best three-point performance we've seen from a team standpoint obviously Monk has done better from deep at the garden but from a team standpoint that first half was their best shooting performance of the year um, it wasn't the only thing they did well. They showed some incredible athleticism. They demonstrated team play with some incredible flashy passes and uh, some really great alley-oops. I just mentioned we talk about the highlight play from Monk and Fox that would pretty much exemplify this season. Mercy. And, I mean, this was – it was absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen it, you have to go look it up. Um, just look up Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, alley-oop, and I'm sure it'll come up. The, the sequence of events that led to this, Malik Monk hit one of those threes from University Boulevard, and then he gets a steal. His defender tapers him off from the rim, so he just throws it up off the backboard, and De'Aaron Fox comes up with it and throws it down while hitting his head on the backboard. It was incredible. The hit didn't even phase him. He ran up the other end to just hype his could be. Uh, the 22,000-plus in Rupp Arena thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It probably was. It's just an incredible play. And it's just an example of how, how unreal the, the athleticism of this team is. And they showed more than that this time. You know, they put up good shooting and a good rebounding performance. They finally, you know, pretty easily out-rebounded this team. Um, game, even though the shooting tapered off in the end, they had an incredible game. Uh, Kyle, what did you take away from the Cleveland State game? It was Cleveland State. I mean, let's let's not get past that. Obviously, we talked about this. This is a game we 
probably should have expected to win, and we obviously handled very easily. But one thing that can't go unnoticed, and I think a lot of people aren't talking about, is Isaiah Briscoe didn't play. And we didn't miss a beat. Kentucky did not miss a beat, even without – because that – sometimes it could take – like, that could take a toll on a team. I mean, may, not necessarily make them lose a game, but losing Isaiah Briscoe and not having him could mess with the chemistry. And they're just like, eh, I, I think we're good. I mean, whew. Cleveland State was a lot like Josh Norman yesterday. I mean, he couldn't cover anything. So, uh, Darren Fox, 16 and 11, folks. 16 and 11. 16 points, 11 assists, and two steals, and a block. Malik Monk, 23 points, four assists. Obviously, we've become that's the norm from those two. But three other key performers, five players and double figures in that game. Also, Bam Adebayo, 14 points. And he was – he's he continues to amaze me. And then also two other guys that really have stuck out to me in the last few, uh, last few games. Michael Mulder, obviously we're talking about him getting more playing time, hit 13 points. And Wayne Gabriel. Wenyon Gabriel is also becoming a player that we really need to take notice of. Ten points, six assists, folks, from Wenyon Gabriel. This guy is starting to fill up the stat sheet. and He's getting more confidence, and I think that's going to be – I think his development is going to be much like the development of Willie Cauley-Stein. His, he, he's not – he's raw. That's just like Willie when he came in. But if he gets it, if Wenyon Gabriel can continue – if he gets it early, look out. What is your take on the Cleveland State game? Well, you also got to remember, I believe Gabriel had 10 rebounds in that game as well, so he had a double-double. Um, incredible game. I mean, again, it's Cleveland State, but I think Kentucky uh, strengthened up a bit and showed that uh, they can shoot well at times and show that they can rebound pretty well, um, which you'd expect from a team with so much length. Um but other than that, it's just what I already said. I think they just showed great athleticism. They showed that they can shoot a little bit. They showed that they can rebound better than what we expected. So, or what we've seen so far. So I, I just I think that they did a lot of great things. And without Briscoe there, uh, it was good to see them play so well. And you can only imagine what it would be like if Briscoe had played. Um, and it's a great, it's a great. I think it's a great sign going into the going into some bigger games coming up. You got Arizona State as a as a test, and then you know the real one of the real tests of UCLA coming up after that. Um, but before we before we move on, I want to get back to the team play thing I mentioned earlier, because I just want to point out that while Cal normally does a pretty good job of getting freshmen to play together, this Kentucky team is full of true freshmen that look like fifth year seniors who have played their whole careers together. I mean, that, that may be a bit exaggerated, but the level of team chemistry between these guys is unreal for how young they are. And you see it in, in, their, in their spreading the floor and the way they pass the ball in the offense mostly. But when they throw alley-oops or when Fox brings the ball up the floor and he's looking at his shooters to spot up, and as soon as they do, they know the ball is coming to them because they know Fox has his head up. It's unreal the way they operate this offense together. And early on, it's looking as if this team may be the most unified unit of freshmen that Cal has ever coached here at Kentucky. You know, you talk about some of Cal's more unified teams. You think of the 2011 team that made the Final Four. They, they At the end of the year, they really came together well. But at the beginning of the year, they did not have this kind of of chemistry and then you also talk about like the platoon system team before Alex Poitras got hurt that that um the nearly perfect team chemistry but they weren't all freshmen there, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh sophomore presence on that team so this this group of freshmen 
is incredibly unified and has a lot of team chemistry. And I think that's going to get a, going to go a long way for them when they get to a tournament and they, they really need uh, that team chemistry. This team, to me, is – I mean, we've already seen it. They're already like a band of brothers. And like, to, like you just talked about, it reminds me so much of that 2015 team because they play so loose. They play so free because they – let's be honest. They know they have a lot of talent, the team as a whole. And, but they're having fun. They, we've seen that, obviously, Malik Monk is having a lot of fun. Um, and it's only November. Usually it takes a couple months for these teams to really gel. Like you said, the 2011 team, it really didn't get that chemistry until about March. That's when they started hitting their stride. This team is already hitting it. And that speaks volumes, I think, going forward for this basketball team and what, they're, what they can accomplish and what they're going to be able to do as a team. Because – like I said, they're having fun right now. You can see it on the, when De'Aaron Fox talks about it. You can see it with Bam Adebayo, not even on, on the court, but off the court as well, having post-game, asking, asking Coach Kyle questions in the post-game the other day. <laughs> that, was, that was fun to see. Um, but I, I really like the chemistry that this team has, and I think it's, I, I it's going to be huge to see how – I mean, honestly, and I think this is going to be a good talking point because let's say next couple games – I mean, we're looking. This is jumping ahead, but UCLA, North Carolina, how we play in those games and how we come out of those games can really draw a lot from like what the chemistry has been able to do for this team and how we perform in those games. I really do think it's it's a big correlation to team success. So that's my take on it. Well, we'll move on now to Kentucky's biggest game this week, Arizona State. Uh, this one will be in the beautiful Bahamas. I envy the media members getting to cover this one. I wish I was. Uh, the 4-2 and two Sun Devils won't be a pushover. They've got guard Trey Holder, who's averaging 18 points per game. And their big man, Obina Oleka, is averaging 10.3 rebounds per game, which, you know, with this Kentucky team, they haven't shown great rebounding ability yet, so it could be problematic for Kentucky, uh, given their rebounding troubles early on. Rebounding ability of Oleka being a concern? I mean, if we can somehow talk to Hawks coach Mike Budenholzer and kind of grab Dwight Howard, then I don't think it'll be a problem because Dwight, you know, Dwight had a 2020 game on Wednesday. But uh, uh, all kidding aside, I do think this is going to be a big measuring stick game for guys like Bam, Isaac, Sasha, Wenyon. It's going to be because this could, this is probably, can we, can we go ahead? This will probably be the most skilled big man we face at this point. And I think it's good that we're playing Arizona State. Now it's granted in the Bahamas and Cal has already stated on before occasions that he wants this to be a good experience for the team and be a team bonding experience. I think if I'm correct on that, correct? Yeah, yeah. He wants it to be not only for them, but for the fans, kind of like a BBN family experience. Exactly. So, but it's still going to be all business because, you know, it's Swaggy Cal. Swaggy Cal Jr. is on the bench now. So, <laughs> But I, I look to see – because this is going to be a good test. It's going to be a good measuring stick because we're about to go up against two teams who have experienced bigs and one team that's definitely going to test us. North Carolina will test us inside with guys like Isaiah Hicks. And I'm looking forward because this will be we'll, – we'll see where we're at on the interior. I think guard play, there's not a lot of teams that can match up with us right now. I think this – you can see, bam, I, like I said, all those guys – playing against this guy and trying to contain him. And not just him, the interior presence for a Pac-12 team. This will be a very good measuring stick game. This will either make me feel really good heading into those two games against UCLA and North Carolina, or it's going to make me really nervous depending on how they play. <laughs> the rebounding battle is something I'll be watching, but not something I'm super concerned about, and here's why. 
Kentucky can lose the rebounding battle and still win. If you don't believe me, go look at the stat line for the Michigan State game because they lost the they lost on the boards against Michigan State and they still blew Michigan State out. So, I mean, Aleka could ball out. He could get all the rebounds. He could get every single one of them. Yeah, I think could still win. I'm excited to see how Kentucky's bigs like Adebayo fare against Aleka and grabbing boards. I think if they can box him out and control the game on the glass, that's, like you said, it's a good sign going forward. Um, but if they don't, while I'm concerned about what it means in the future, I'm not concerned about what it means. It's, you know, it's not going to be something fatal for this game, but it's it's something they'll have to work on to prepare for tournament time and to prepare for their big non-conference games and even their big conference games. Um, I think Arizona State comes to play. They'll give Kentucky a game, but I think the Cats will have a strong second half like they usually do, and they'll pull away in the second half. So if I were to give like a prediction on this, I'd say Kentucky 84 to 69. Uh, Kyle, who you got? Cats by 90. Natural. <laughs> Natural. Uh, actually, I'll, I'm going to go 79-67 Cats. Uh, I look, obviously, for the guards to play very well in this game, but I still – the guy I look to be the X Factor again and just the emerging somewhat superstar of this team, I'll, I'll say that because he's been a bench superstar, Michael Mulder. I really like how he's come along. I like how we talked about it, and we really kind of like pointed to like we we said a couple weeks ago he could be a guy that could be a factor, and well now he's getting that opportunity and he's showing exactly what he can do and how big of a factor he can be on this team. And he could be he could be the glue. I, I look at him even though he hasn't been at Kentucky a long time. You know, okay, I don't like this comparison because. This guy is a Kentucky legend, and he grew up in Kentucky, but he was a glue guy for a national championship team in Darius Miller. That's who Michael Mulder reminds me a lot of. So that's, that's my take on that. I take of that what you will, but I, I, just, I think he could be a really good glue guy, and he could be a guy that could get those. And we said we, we've talked about it at nauseum. Three-point shooting is not a strong suit for this team. It's like going back for thirds at Thanksgiving. It's just probably not going to end well. But but he is that guy that we can look to. It's like, okay, he's our, he's our shooter. He's our guy. I think he can be a Darius Miller-type player for this team. And when I say that, I'm not saying Darius in his senior year. Okay, Darius was junior and senior year. Forget what I just said. Forget what I just said. Because he was a big factor, and he really came up with big shots when we needed him, especially from the outside. Darius Miller would seem to hit huge three after huge three. I remember vaguely – excuse me, not vaguely, like very – I'm trying to find a word. I can't find – I'm not good with words, people. I can't find adjectives sometimes. <laughs> I remember very vividly – there it is. There you go. There you go. Vividly, the Iowa State game in the NCAA tournament, Baylor game. He, I mean, we blew out Baylor, but there were – and the Louisville game, if you go back and I've, you exactly you know what I'm talking about, Big Blue Nation. Louisville game in Final Four, he would, just came up with some huge shots. And this, this is what Michael Mulder's role on this team could be. I think it will be. But I'm just going to say could because I'm very hesitant right now because it's very early and I don't want to tempt fate. <laughs> 79 67 cats. All right. Um, they'll have UCLA after that, but we'll have another episode uh, up previewing that one and reviewing Arizona State before that game happens. So now I want to get to one of my favorite upsets ever, probably the upset of the year. The Fort Wayne Mastodons upset Indiana in Fort Wayne. Somehow Fort Wayne got Indiana to come play in their gym, and the Mastodons, the Mastodons were up to the challenge. Most people didn't know Fort Wayne was a college. Uh, Fort Wayne sounds like a high school to me, but they are a college. 
their basketball team is now legendary for upsetting Tom Crean's Hoosiers. I get the feeling that Crean won't be scheduling a home-and-home series with Fort Wayne anytime soon. And one thing I want to know, I want to know if Fort Wayne will put up a shrine for this game in their gym like Indiana did for when they beat Kentucky in 2012. Um, What I love most about this upset is the fact that it comes just after ESPN put Indiana over Kentucky in their power rankings. They had the Hoosiers at number one. Uh, After falling to Fort Wayne, it'll be hard to snub the Cats now. Uh, Kyle, what do you think of the fact that Indiana got upset this badly? And also, what do you make of the ESPN rankings before this game? Uh, my heart is so happy about this, man. I can't tell you enough how how happy this makes me talking about it. If you listen really, really closely right now, I think I can still hear it distinctly. You can hear Jeff Goodman of ESPN crying into his Bob Knight pillow in his room right now. <laughs> Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne getting a major Uh, Major W, I'm very proud of them for helping us talk about one of our favorite things in the world, which is IU losing. It's wonderful. Uh, Maybe they will go – maybe, maybe, I'm just saying this could be a thing. Maybe Indiana will still go cut down their nets. Uh, I mean, even though they lost because they did that a couple years ago after they lost to Ohio State. Maybe they'll do that again in Assembly Hall. But as far as the ESPN rankings go, I think it's just – I'm so happy about it. Usually I'm just like, oh, though they're haters. But I'm I'm glad because this is not – Everyone, and I'm going to say everyone, even though there's probably guys out there praising the Cats and probably just really all over the Cats, I mean, outside of us. But but this is just another slap in the face to this basketball team. They're number one in the country, but yet you're going to put Indiana above them in ESPN power rankings. Their CBS had a North Carolina above them in their power rankings. This is just more fuel to the fire, folks. You slept on this team. Nobody picked them to go to the Final Four in the preseason. This is more bulletin board material for John Calipari to just say, listen, nobody thinks you can do it. This is probably – he's already said it. This may be his most talented team at Kentucky, but people still sleep on this team. It is insane. It's like people are drinking NyQuil by the bottle on this team. It's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) And I think think that's just, again, more fuel to the fire. I think that's just like Cal is like, listen, we've done everything. We're number one in the country, and people are still like, well, we don't know. Well, people are about to find out. And I think Cal's going to get that message through to his players. Whew. Yeah, I, I think that I think that this team will get a lot more recognition and attention as some other big teams start to fall and Kentucky stays on top. Um, some big games that they have to win in order to stay there. But I think that them being the number one team in the country with teams like Duke and Indiana falling is is huge for them. Uh, now from, you know, current Kentucky players – to some past Kentucky players who were doing great things in the NBA. We're going to revisit our BBNBA segment this week. Um, one, one thing that I want to talk about is Anthony Davis versus Carl Anthony Towns a couple of days ago when the Timberwolves played the Pelicans. Anthony Davis went off. He had 45 points and 10 rebounds, uh, one block, two steals. An incredible game for him. Also had three assists. So just a great game for him. And then Carl Anthony Towns also contributing in that game as well. Had 11 rebounds, 9 points, 2 blocks, stealing 3 assists. Um, these two have been great. They're two of the best big men in the NBA. Kentucky's producing a lot of great NBA big men. DeMarcus Cousins also up there. You look at things that Patrick Patterson's doing in Toronto. Uh, just a lot of very, very good 
and some really great big men coming out of Kentucky. But that's not the only things going well. Uh, Devin Booker doing great in Phoenix. Jamal Murray finally putting that awful start behind him and going off in recent games. Uh, Kyle, what do you what do you think of some of the NBA stars from Kentucky right now? Let's talk about Jamal Murray for a second because last night it was not just last night, not just Tuesday night. Lately, Jamal Murray has been what we like to call, and we've already said that on the show, in fuego. It's fun. I mean, it's on fire because that is Jamal Murray. And it's funny. I, I saw – I came across a tweet on, on Twitter that I found very laughable. It was just like, another Kentucky guard who wasn't really known for his score <laughs> in college. I was just like, Jamal Murray was the freshman scoring leader all time at Kentucky. How is that not – how are you not known for your scoring? What is that guy – where is that guy getting his tweets from? Is he just – he's probably an IU homer. But – Jamal Murray, 24, po- 24 points against Chicago the other night, 23 uh, Wednesday night at Utah. And that's when he also underrated. He's also putting up some rebounds and assists in these games. So Jamal Murray is slowly going to come into that two-guard role for Denver. He's playing very well. I saw a highlight last night watching Phoenix and Orlando. Devin Booker obviously playing well, but also the two other Kentucky guards because, you know, Phoenix really likes Kentucky apparently. Maybe our own D-League team. Um, Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. And a lot of people give Brandon Knight flight because Brandon Knight is the guy that got dunked on by DeAndre Jordan. But Brandon Knight's becoming a very good basketball player, obviously, in Phoenix. And I think Eric Bledsoe's also playing very well. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis love that showdown. You said Anthony Davis went, went off. I think – okay, add that to our lexicon. Anthony Davis went off. It's not really went off. That's just a normal game for Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis averaging a double-double right now very much in early MVP discussions. Uh, just also DeAndre Liggins getting some PT. Just saying, getting some PT. That's right. Terrence Jones had a nice dunk in the D-League the other day. Excuse me, not Terrence Jones. Terrence Jones playing very good minutes for New Orleans as well. I'm thinking because similar, Alex Poitras had a nice dunk. Sorry about that. Alex Poitras had a very nice dunk in the D-League. Andrew Harrison had a chase down block on Chris Paul. I just wanted to say that because I never thought I'd be saying that. Um, <laughs> and it's just I, I, and we're going to keep getting more of these guys into the NBA, and it's just going to be we're, we're soon we're going to have one guy on every team. Maybe we should if one GM was smart, he would just start picking guys from Kentucky and just putting them on one team and just just make it just all Kentucky guys. If because that's what I do on 2K anyways, and it works out <laughs> it works out fine. So usually went about 60 games. <laughs> I think I think Anthony Davis is definitely in the MVP discussion right now. Carl Anthony Townsend in a great sophomore year. Devin Booker is as well. Uh, the Jamal Murray tweet, uh, that guy is, I uh, believe, a Chicago beat writer. Um, I made that the tweet of the day the next day for the Wildcat Quickies, and he ended up deleting it. I thought, wow. he, was, I thought he was trolling. I really thought he was trolling Kentucky thought. fans until he deleted it, and then I realized that he actually had no idea what he was talking about. Guys, uh, for for any of you, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna say this message to us, even though we already do this. Um, and for any of you other sports media guys out there, pay attention to what you're talking about before you talk about it. You <laughs> just because you've never heard, you know, he may have never heard Jamal Murray's name brought up before, but just because you've never heard of the guy, do some research. There was a reason why he was taken as a lottery pick. There was a reason why he was the best freshman scorer in Kentucky history. Uh, it's just unreal that someone would that someone would say something like that it literally got drafted because he could make threes 
I mean, if you take away, if you say Jamal Murray couldn't score in college, he wouldn't have been drafted. That's what he does. He's a scorer. But it's laughable. Um, Kentucky has some great NBA players out there that I think are going to continue doing very well. Um, I think that's about all we got for you guys this week. Kyle, you got anything else before we sign off? No, just uh, happy holidays to you and your family, everyone. Uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving day. Just keep being awesome. Thank you for listening and just look forward to these next couple games and just talk these big games coming up for the Cats. One in particular. Now, I have it's, – it's a long way out, but I know. I just want to hand that L to Louisville because they like, they like taking L's. I really want I, – I want my, – my hope and dream is that after they hopefully win against Louisville, they will recreate that picture with the L's down. <laughs> the Yum is – is the game at the Yum Center this year? I'm not sure. I believe it is at the Yum Center this year. So I want them to do the L's down inside the Yum Center. <laughs> would be wonderful. Well, the hope is, and it's it's wishful thinking, but the hope is the Kentucky football team will beat Louisville this week yeah. um, before the basketball team does. Um, Obviously, our, big credit. For, yeah, sorry. Big credit to them for getting bowl eligible last week. Um, very awesome, as a, obviously, for all Kentucky fans, just to see them for the first time in six years get probably head to a bowl game. Uh, just want to throw out some accolades for that. Uh, Snell, Snell Jr., JoJo Kemp, Boom Williams, just the entire football team, congratulations. Very, I mean, to lose Drew Barker and do what they've done, get to a bowl game with Steven Johnson at quarterback and, you know, some other guys at quarterback, just really awesome. And only 11 seniors, just, just a tidbit, only 11 seniors. That's the fewest of any team in college football. So uh, you, a lot of you people sleeping on Kentucky basketball this year, keep doing that, but also keep sleeping on Kentucky football because we will get you next year. And certainly someone that deserves some recognition while we're on the topic is Benny Snow because uh, probably one of the – he has to be one of the best freshmen running back in college football. And by his senior year, I think he's really got a chance to not only be, you know, one of the best running backs Kentucky's ever had, one of the best running backs in the SEC, but I think he's got a legitimate shot to be one of the best running backs in the country. He's so talented. And the offensive line has done great things for him so far this year. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, we have to see them continue getting better. And um, giving to all you guys, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Hope you didn't get mauled during Black Friday shopping. <laughs> uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we'll be back next week, and we'll see you then.